When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold, Post Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring on C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Maddy. Tagusk has launched the Signpost Programme, Farmers for Climate Action, an initiative which aims to meet the challenge of climate change. A report has just been published examining how we as a society responded to the global pandemic and to Brexit. Research this week shows a major increase in dairy consumption during the pandemic, particularly among the under-35s. Our advisory topics this week look at crops and grass-free seeding. There's more on MACRA activities across Cork. And John O'Connor has the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. It's being claimed by the nation's largest farmer representation organisation that fuel prices have increased by over 30% in the last 12 months. Following a nationwide extensive survey by the IFA, the IFA Farm Business Chairperson, Ms Rosemary MacDonough, points out there's been a significant rise in fuel prices across the country over the last year following the completion of a national survey by IFA. Fuel prices have increased by over 30% compared to this time last year, which can be attributed to the recovery in crude oil prices. The spot price for a barrel of crude oil collapsed to US$20 at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic last year, but it has steadily returned to pre-pandemic price levels this month of €65 to €70 per barrel. This rise in fuel prices reflects the latest CSO figures on agricultural input prices, demonstrating that farmers are caught in a classic cost-price squeeze. The IFA Farm Business Chairman Rosemary McDonough goes on to point out that this rise in input prices without a corresponding increase in output prices means that the difference is coming out of farmers' pockets and impacting on their bottom line. Ms MacDonald points out the IFA had completed a national survey on the price of white diesel, green diesel and kerosene. The average price quoted including VAT according to the IFA findings were white diesel, €1.31 a litre, green diesel, €0.69 a litre and kerosene, €0.65 a litre. According to the survey, there are found to be variations of over 9 cents a litre, including VAT, between the counties surveyed. On 1,000 litres of green diesel, including VAT, the saving could be as high as €98. Allowing for outliers, the IFA statement says 
there is little price variation across the country compared to this time last year. Notwithstanding that, IFA is reminding its members that it pays to shop around for their fuel. Ms McDonough added that some suppliers indicated that purchases in larger volumes tend to work out cheaper, particularly if paying on the day. Purchasing groups tended to receive the keenest prices. Ms McDonough, concluding her statement on the IFA fuel survey, pointed out that further discounts could be secured when ordering fuel online. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Tagus has launched the Signpost programme, Farmers for Climate Action. The initiative is a partnership of almost 40 companies and organisations, including a number from Cork, from across the Irish agri-food sector, along with Irish farmers that have come together for climate action to meet the challenge of climate change. Objectives include to lead and support the transition of Irish farming towards more sustainable farming systems, to reduce agricultural emissions, specifically CHG and ammonia, to reduce other negative environmental impacts of agriculture, specifically to improve water quality and biodiversity and reduce costs and improve margins from farming. Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell Oak, spoke at the launch about how farming has an industry that always embraced changed and a shared desire to leave the farmed environment in a better condition for the next generation. As we know, agriculture has a critically important social, economic and environmental value to Ireland. As Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, I'm passionate about delivering for our farm families and showcasing the fantastic work our sector does across society. As an industry, farming has consistently embraced change and has a shared desire to leave their farm and the environment in a better condition for the next generation. Our farmers are true pioneers in this regard. I welcome the launch of the Signpost Programme as a whole of industry initiative to lead climate action and the protection of, of the environment. This is an innovative and ground-up programme that I know will yield tremendous benefits for farmers, the entire sector and society as a whole. The commitment by the Signpost programme farmers and partners to work with all farmers to enable them to make the changes needed to achieve our climate goals is significant. I believe that farmers are are in the best position to manage land for future environmental benefits. Small changes at farm level can reduce emissions while also improving farm incomes. Finally, I commend all the partner organisations and the farmers who've committed to the Signpost programme and wish both them and Chuggas success on the transition to more sustainable farming systems. One of the Signpost farmers joining the initiative is Jermac Sweeney, who farms near Mill Street, and he spoke at the online launch about what he hopes to achieve. I suppose um, we'd like to um, develop the farm at home to be more efficient and to be more sustainable and to reduce our farm, carbon footprint for the beef we produce on the farm. I suppose um, joining this programme, we'd like to tap into the, the technologies out there and the sciences that Tegish are implementing and bring them onto our own farm and, in, and improve our farm efficiencies, really. Are you hopeful at all that some of these changes you bring about on your farm might help the money coming into your pocket? Yeah, and it's very important, especially when um, beef, uh, beef is um, you know, a tight margin business and I suppose anything that can help reduce our costs, reduce our inputs onto the farm, is a cost saving for us and it's, it's a, it helps the environment as well like simply thing like clover introducing grassland swords is a, a can be a huge um, benefit to the reducing our nitrogen and spend on the farm every year the challenges aren't always just financial there's heavy soil in your farm and uh, quite a lot of rain 
So I suppose, are you interested to see a lot of the technologies might work very easily on, on a good environment, on good land. Are you interested to see how it will impact on you with those challenges? Yes, um, it, it's challenging where I live and farm and um, we do get well above average rainfall. So uh, any technologies that can help us in, 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 this, in this section would be, would be gratefully welcome on the farm and it, it, it's a win-win for everyone. Technologies do work and it can, you can implement them and they can be cost-saving. Um, there's nothing greater than a cost-saving for a farmer to implement on his farm. So that's where we're hoping that we can introduce these systems onto our farms. We have a question uh, in at the moment. What do the two farmers think their biggest challenge will be during the programme? Uger, what do you think the biggest challenge for you will be? Um, implementing technology and make it work. Technology is great, but I'm bringing it down to the farm, but unless you actually make it work in your farm, it is useless. You have to um, understand it and, and, and work it into the farm and make it user-friendly. That's something you enjoy, though. You enjoy the tech side of things. Yeah, I love I love that. I love the challenge of, of bringing something in, and but it, it, it has to have a cost saving and, and the time saving for the farmer as well. And if I can get extra hours off in the day, and by implementing technology into the farm, it's more than welcome. Jermac Sweeney there from Mill Street, one of the signpost farmers joining the new Tagusk initiative. Meat Industry Ireland welcomed the launch of the Signpost programme, which it says will be a key enabler for the Irish agri-food sector to provide solutions to the climate challenge and to demonstrate the potential for mitigation of greenhouse gas emissions through the adoption of innovations and best practice. The IFA is fully committed to supporting the Signpost programme. That statement came from the IFA leader, Mr Tim Cullinan. He said the Signpost programme is an opportunity to reset the debate on climate action and also enable farmers to improve their sustainability based on verifiable data. Tim Cullinan said the Signpost programme will be implementing a monitoring programme on selected farms, identifying ways of developing their enterprise to produce quality food in the most carbon-efficient manner. Mr Cullinan said farmers and rural Ireland understood the need for climate action. With the right support and measures, farmers would step up and respond. Tim Cullinan said the IFA and farmers had consistently said there must be a proper measurement of the carbon being sequestered on Irish farms. He said it was a pity this had not happened earlier, but it was important it was happening now. The IFA indeed was fully committed to supporting the signpost programme. He welcomes the clear acknowledgement by the Taoiseach of the potential of agriculture to remove carbon from the atmosphere. This must be fully reflected in the carbon budget definition in the Climate Bill. The IFA president said he looks forward to the results from the signpost programme being shared widely. He wanted the most robust information to be made available to farmers which would equip them to carry out the dual functions of food production and safeguarding the environment. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Greta Thunberg has urged the European Union to think again about its farming plan. The climate activist met with senior EU officials, but there's little sign the EC is prepared to change its mind. The EU is in the middle of reforming the common agricultural policy. Green MEP for Ireland South, Grace O'Sullivan, said its vital farming is redesigned to meet Europe's 2050 net zero emissions ambition. I actually believe that it cannot be met. I truly believe that we have to change. Farmers can get stuck in between what's the best thing to do because they're being pushed to uh, produce, produce, produce. But in the end, they're not getting the price. And that's where we want to be. We want to be on the side of the farmers uh, and those who produce 
uh, the, the food and the environment that we need. Farm Talk on C103. Welcome back. An interesting report has just been published examining how we as a society responded to the global pandemic and to Brexit, both of which have still to fully play themselves out. John O'Connor joins me to discuss the report, who compiled it, what are the key findings and firstly on the COVID-19 pandemic. The report, published in this week's Irish Farmers Journal in partnership with KPMG, found that the pandemic began with fear and panic as consumers stockpiled and thus put huge pressure on supply chains around the world. For example, cleaning and sanitising products became very scarce as there was a 400 to 500% increase in sales volume of these. Then consumers turned to cooking as a form of escapism and nostalgia, with comfort eating leading to a resurgence in traditional food dishes like the Sunday roast, which had been in steady decline over recent decades due to time-poor consumers. However, the IFJ KPMG report found there's a real sense of cooking fatigue now developing, which should be good news for restaurants with outdoor dining set to reopen next month. And John, I see the report highlights the role of e-commerce and the importance of broadband since the onset of the pandemic. Yes, indeed, Barry. The explosion of e-commerce within the food supply chain due to COVID-19 has probably been the standout feature of the past 12 months with high-speed broadband now as essential to rural Ireland as electricity. Online grocery shopping effectively doubled in Ireland within the last year, in addition to click and collect. Food deliveries and online shopping services all increased. Plus, one of the biggest changes for farmers was the move to online buying and selling cattle when the marts were closed nationwide. And were there any clear indications consumers were consuming more or less alcohol? The pubs, of course, were closed and drinking opportunities considerably curtailed. Irish consumers, the IFJ KPMG survey showed, treated themselves a lot more in 2020. Sales of premium Angus steaks in Little, for example, were up 60% last year and alcohol sales increased significantly with more people drinking at home. And pet ownership and pet food shortages were a feature of the first 12 months of the pandemic. Yes, Barry, another interesting trend was that of pet ownership and pet food shortages. Pet ownership, particularly of dogs, exploded in the last year, perhaps a sign of the need for companionship for those isolated due to COVID-19. Well, that's our overview of the IFJ KPMG reports findings of consumer reaction to the COVID pandemic. Brexit, of course, has been looming for some years and its impact still unfolding. Briefly, what has been agreed, inverted commas, with Brexit so far? How does the report read the situation as it stands signed into law? Well, Ireland is, of course, the EU country most affected by Brexit and the consequences of a no deal would have left Ireland with the largest tariff burden in the EU27 nations, despite having just 5% of EU27 trade with the United Kingdom. This is because if it came to trading under WTO, World Trade Organization terms and tariffs, agriculture, particularly beef, has the largest tariffs. While the deal avoided that, there remains the cost and inconvenience that non-tariff barriers will bring to Irish exports entering Britain. 
these haven't been experienced yet because the UK government has deferred the introduction of full border controls until January 2022. And the Northern Ireland Protocol, how is that to work? EU border controls have to be applied at Northern Ireland ports on goods entering from Britain. Suddenly on January 1st, a 1kg online purchase of a speciality cheese or meat, for example, required the same veterinary certification process as a 20-tonne container. While it's commercially viable to do this for a 20-tonne container, it simply isn't commercially viable or practical to do it for a 1kg consumer purchase. And given this situation, how could the Northern Ireland Protocols operate in practical terms, given the requirements of the EU single market integrity? The IFJ KPMG report indicates that for the Northern Ireland Protocol to function as intended, there is a need for a risk-based and proportionate set of controls, which will protect protect the European Union's single market integrity, but allow business to continue. There is no off-the-shelf solution to this. A bespoke arrangement is required. And John, what about those threats you mentioned to Irish agriculture in respect of trade deals? The other major threat to Irish agriculture from Brexit is UK trade policy outside the EU. The UK is in the process of concluding trade agreements with Australia and New Zealand, both major exporters of beef and sheep meat, plus dairy in the case of New Zealand. A UK deal will mean enhanced access for these to the UK market, creating additional competition for Irish exports. A very good read. So where might listeners get access to the full IFJ KPMG report? It's published in full in the Saturday 22nd of May 2021 issue of the Irish Farmers Journal. Thanks for that, John. Research this week shows a major increase in dairy consumption during the pandemic, particularly among the under 35s in lockdown. Well, joining me to discuss the key findings and trends is Zoe Kavanagh, Chief Executive of the Irish National Dairy Council. Um, it's a good news story for Irish dairy. 48% increase in dairy consumption for the under 35 during lockdown. I have to say this is a very pleasant surprise, both the level of the increase in consumption, but um, more encouragingly to see the younger cohorts of our population, the under 35s. And actually the increase was both with families with children and um, just individuals without children. So it's a really positive uh, story for Irish dairy during lockdown. And was it a case of people looking for a more healthy lifestyle during COVID? We changed a lot of things in how we go about our, our daily lives. Did that have an effect on this, do you think? There are two key drivers um, that we see in the research. One is 70% saying that they're consuming dairy because we see it as part of a healthy modern lifestyle. So definitely the health recognition. But the other element, Barry, is um, all of us have been home-based with families and the implication of that is our three structured meals of breakfast, lunch and dinner are being consumed in the home and in addition the snacking occasions and a lot of those eating occasions dairy uh, be it the ham and cheese toasty be it the milk on the porridge in the morning hot chocolate in the evening or you know the pick-me-up snack in the middle of the day so I think that and also baking you know baking with children has become um you know a primary source of, of entertainment so it's nice to see a balance of the health driving the consumption as well as just the taste and the versatility of dairy in their diet and the other encouraging thing they told us in the research is you know over 72 percent of these young consumers wanting to buy local products 
And in Ireland, you know, um, we're blessed with a climate, and it is a blessing despite the rain. Um, you know, we're grass-based, so we have our animals outdoors and grazing um, and producing product, um, which is typically in our fridges, you know, within three days of, you know, the cows being milked. So it's fresh, it's local, it's um, a high-quality product, and I think people are really appreciating that. And I suppose based on the current trends and the way we'll probably be rolling out our lifestyles going forward, and even working from home, which will continue, no doubt, for some time yet. Current trends then in relation to dairy consumption, they would look to continue on that path for some time. That would be our view. I mean, we're seeing encouragingly about six and a half litres of milk being consumed in the average Irish household per week. Um, We're also seeing cheese, butter, cream and yoghurt. They're all increasing. Um, I think what's really important for your listeners to to sort of take time to, to contemplate is Throughout the pandemic, our Irish dairy farmers have, you know, got up every day and milked the cows and um, that uh, milk has been processed into a range of products, which has meant that when we're pushing our trolleys around the store, we've never been out of stock. So Irish dairy has um, fed the nation and has continued to um, feed the 40 million other consumers um, internationally. So I think it's a good example of a sector that has been resilient through the pandemic. And it's also a sector that has a story to tell about how it adapts. Um, I'm sure your listeners are very aware of, you know, the the challenges presented by climate change and environmental considerations. Um, And I'm really glad to say, you know, our dairy farmers are taking that very seriously and working hard on farm um, to protect their waterways, uh, to manage their soil pH, to manage all that grass growth um, so it's, it's a very positive story for dairy production um, and it's, it's also a very progressive story. So through a pandemic, we've kept dairy stocked on the shelves, but also our farmers have set to work to become more you know, environmentally um, conscious in how they produce the product. Dairy playing its part in the green, clean environment. And there are some challenges there um, and it's going to take time. But I think every dairy farmer has the ambition of handing over the farm to the next generation in better shape and the definition of better shape in today's context is more environmentally considered Um, and you can see already I'm sure your listeners live near farms and can see you know when it comes to for example managing slurry that's now spread in a very different way today it's a dribble bar system in terms of grass growth it's all about getting that soil pH to the right level it's a bit like your garden if you if you manage your soil manage your water application, manage your fertilizer application and do it in a way that's in balance with nature um, while encouraging, you know, there's, there's a great movement now towards encouraging biodiversity, be it through bees and birds. Farmers are very conscious of that. They're putting hedgerows back in. Um, so, you know, our, our farmers are our everyday environmentalists and I would be very um, encouraged about the steps that are taken on farm today. And it's a journey. It's going to take time um, to achieve all the targets in terms of emissions, but combination of a willingness, new technology, you know, audit systems in place to measure progress, uh, I think we're going to have a great story to tell by the time we get to 2030. Zoe Kavanagh, Chief Executive of the Irish National Dairy Council. Farm Talk on C10. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a woman-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com code SUMMER. Three. Food Waste Reduction Project funding has been made available to the following Cork centres. Clean Technology Centre, Cork Institute of Technology, CTC-CIT, who provide a Saver Food Online Training Programme. That's for national rollout to tackle food waste in businesses. The amount of the grant is just under €60,000. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConlogue, said the food waste reduction projects are funded from his department's Rural Innovation and Development Fund and they also serve to address the fund's overall objective of energising the rural community by encouraging innovative job creation and sustainable enterprise development. Minister McConnell expressed satisfaction that as we emerge from difficult times, he is delighted we can continue to support projects in rural areas in reducing food waste and contributing to our commitment to reduce the amount of food we waste in accordance with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which calls on all nations to have food waste and reduce food loss by the year 2030. Minister McConlogue said these initiatives would further enhance the work previously funded to identify, target and address what's rapidly growing now, not just here in Ireland, but globally. Ireland generates over one million tonnes of food waste every year, it's being calculated. 
Minister McConnell said it's now more important than ever to contribute to develop initiatives to help address this issue. Specifically, Clean Technology Centre Cork Institute of Technology, CDC, CIT, who provide a Savour Food Online Training Programme for the industry for national rollout to tackle food waste in businesses, is to receive €59,900. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Users of rural roads are being reminded again to exercise patience and awareness as this year's silage season begins. Roads will see a massive increase in heavy traffic over the next few weeks as farmers cut bale and bring in silage. People out exercising may also be taken unawares by the large increase in tractor and trailer volumes. Farmers and contractors are urged to be extra careful with the increased numbers of people who are cycling or walking on rural roads. Machinery operators are being asked to pull in where possible and allow any build-up of traffic to pass. Visitors to rural areas should also make themselves aware of the work going on and for everyone to facilitate it in a safe manner. Kieran Collins, Tiagas Crop Specialist, joins us this week where we'll discuss the impact of recent weather, particularly in relation to disease, but first in a general sense, how the crops are doing this season. Yeah, Barry, I suppose it's been uh, a relatively good spring in the sense that we'd say from a spring cereals perspective, they were so in very good conditions, you know, and as we all know, April was a very dry month, so establishment was very good. Now, I suppose... Some crops did suffer a little bit in terms of uh, moisture deficit and obviously the cold. You know, people would have been, you know, familiar with the cold we had there in April. It didn't suit a lot of crops, especially winter crops, you know, where farmers were trying to put out, say, the likes of growth regulators and stuff like that. So, but in a general sense, growth has been very good. The rain was actually welcome when, when it did come. Uh, if it would stop now, it would be appreciated too, I must say, because what rain does in, in cereals especially is just helps disease, you know. So we are seeing, certainly in, in the weed context, are seeing some septoria kicking off and in spring barley we would be just coming up to a critical first fungicide timing for some of the earlier ones and we're starting to see little bits of disease coming in there now again it is no surprise given the weather that we've had so you know some fine weather would be welcome again really yeah now we've had that recent break in the weather that you spoke of there april as you said was very dry uh, but may has been quite wet so has that had uh, an impact particularly on disease it has really, you know, uh, while, as I say, these levels were low in April, you know, now that we've got into this, this sort of wetter period, you know, we are seeing disease coming up. And I suppose, you know, the likes of Rincosporium, I suppose, especially in, in spring barley, which would be our biggest crop in this area, and, and then septoria and wheat. And I suppose not to forget as well um, the likes of spring beans. So locally, there would be a good area of spring beans gone in and like, you know, in terms of, of chocolate spot would be a wet weather disease there and it would be important that we, we keep an eye on that one as well, you know, because our treatments there would be largely preventative only. What's your best advice at this time? We've learned from the research, you know, the timings are so important that, you know, it's almost that the timing that you apply your fungicide is almost more important than the product you use in some cases. So what I mean by that is, we say if I take winter wheat as a, an example, we know that waiting for the flag leaf to be fully emerged, you know, you're more likely to get better disease control than going, say, a couple of days earlier or a couple of days later. So it's kind of getting those timings right. So winter wheat, 
any crops I've been in there, you know, are just about you about now for that flag leaf fungicide. As I say, just that, that the importance of getting that timing right. And we've also seen with spring barley in relation to timings as well that, you know, traditionally, I suppose, stem extension, you know, when the crop is, puts up a node and starts to stretch, that would have been the timing of the first fungicide. But we know now from research that bringing that forward by, you know, 10 to 14 days certainly has benefits in terms of disease control. So that would be just about now for some of the, the earlier sown spring barley crops. And just as I said already with, with spring beans, you know, it's preventative treatment only. So again, before the start of flowering. So some of the earlier crops would be just thinking about flowering now. So again, those three timings are, are just coming up on farmers at this stage, really. And because we've had such a bad run of wet weather, is it more important than ever to keep an eye on the crops? Or can you afford perhaps to wait for the improvement in the weather and then look again and see what you need to do? It's a difficult balance to strike. I suppose on any farm, you're always trying to prioritise the, the high risk you know so which crop is sort of nearest to that that correct timing and also with a view to getting into the crop seeing what disease is in it you know taking account of the variety rating for disease and stuff like that so you might have you know a variety or a crop that's a little cleaner and you could maybe delay a, a couple of days there and maybe prioritize maybe a, a crop that has more disease in it you know but as you say very walking crops is just crucial at this stage of the year you know Kieran Collins Chagas crops specialist we'll have more on this topic in Wednesday night's program D-Day is approaching for Irish agriculture on CAP and the Minister of Agriculture and the Irish Government must act on CAP to protect farmers and protect rural Ireland. That's the forthright statement from the IFA. IFA President Tim Cullen has called on the Minister of Agriculture, Mr Charlie McConnell, TD, and the Irish Government to act decisively to protect farmers and rural Ireland in advance of the upcoming European negotiations on CAP. He said the IFA had intensified its CAP campaign with the publication of the six key objectives policy document. President Cullinan said decisions in the coming weeks and months will decide the direction of our sector between now and 2027. We need our Minister for Agriculture, Mr McConlogue, to show real mettle during the key negotiations ahead. IFA President Tim Cullinan points out that the week beginning 24th of May 2021 is crucial with CAP so-called super trilogue discussions between EU institutions taking place. In addition, the Council of EU Agriculture Ministers will also take place that week, commencing 24th of May 2021. IFA has met with the Minister of Agriculture, Ms. McConnell, this week, where Tim Cullen outlined to the Minister the IFA's key campaign demands. First, minimise the impact of the eco-scheme on farmers' basic payment. Hold the line on the 75% internal convergence. Maximise national co-financing of Pillar 2 farm schemes. 1.5 billion euro of carbon tax revenue for agri environmental measures. Practical implementation of the Good Agricultural Environmental Conditions, GAECs, stroke cross compliance, phasing out of long term leasing of entitlements with appropriate definition of genuine farmer.
Tim Cullen said the Minister must ensure that Pillar 2 schemes such as ANC, Gloss, Tams and BDGP sucker cows, the sheep welfare scheme and organics are all properly funded. In addition, he said, we need a new scheme for tillage farmers to stop the exodus from this sector. Concluding his statement, the IFA president said, the European Union is going down a dangerous path by moving away from the principle that the cap ensures food security. Greater ambition on climate action will not be achieved if the viability of primary producers is taken for granted. The value of farm payments has been continuously eroded, he asserted, by inflation and the various reforms over the years. Many farmers were now, he said, at a tipping point. Part of a statement there from the IFA president, Mr Tim Cullinan. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. In Ireland at present, there are 1,530 organic farmers participating in the organic farming scheme with annual payments under the scheme amounting to about €9 million. Some 74,000 hectares are currently under organic production. The Organic Farming Scheme, OFS, currently has 1,530 participants. 95% of organic farming scheme farmers accepted the offer of an extension of their contract until December 2020. This information was highlighted by Minister of State in the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Senator Pippa Hackett, when she announced the commencement of the 2020 balancing payments for the OFS Organic Farming Scheme. The Minister said she was delighted to announce the commencement of these balancing payments to organic farmers. Payments of over €1 million under the scheme would commence issuing to over 1,300 organic farmers. The Organic Farming Scheme, OFS, is a key support measure to assist organic farmers in responding to the increased consumer demand for organically produced food. This round of payments is the balancing payment amounting to 15% of the full annual payment due under OFS, the Organic Farming Scheme. The 85% advance payment issued in November 2020 to the OFS participants in accordance with EU rules. The Organic Division in the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine can be contacted by website or on the following phone number, and that phone number is 0761-064415, or by email to organic at agriculture.gov.ie, or lowercase. That phone number 0761-064415, the Organic Division of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. We're here now near the end of May and grass growth is finally after taking off. Many farmers may be anxious to get fields ready for reseeding if they haven't done so already. John Valance, Dairy Gold, East Cork Area Sales Manager, joins me to discuss the topic. And first off, what farmers might look at now before they start reseeding fields. The first thing you'd like any man to look at is the amount of grass he currently has. With the way growth has been over the spring, we've been a dry April of course it's been slow and cold weather and a very wet may go to and where you would probably like them to be there there are some places in around 50 60 kilos per day um like you'd be hoping that they'd be getting up around the 70 or 80 max so what i'd be telling farmers is to look at their average farm cover and have at least a cover of 500 um across the average farm um now currently at the moment um it's going by the grass 10 figures the average cover in the dairy world catchment is Something in around the 720-730 kilos. So farmers should have plenty of, fee, plenty of cover to be, first of all, afford to take out the grass. 
the next thing then I'd be tempted to look at is when was the field receded last. You'll be hoping every farmer at the moment would have receding planner in place where they take out 10% of the farm each year and can be hoping to stick to that plan as well as they can. Look, it's something that has become a vital part of modern farming is grass growth and keeping receding fresh. So at least every 10 years and have that plan in place. If farmers are going out themselves, Barry, just to take a look at fields and see what needs to be done or what, what do they take out or whatever, two things I tell them to look for. Number one, the growth history of the field. Is it growing as well as the ones around us? Or is it a bit behind? Was well, the farmer's own image of the field. The second thing then is the perennial ryegrass concentration in the field. So... If you walk across any field and pick up a couple of leaves of grass from the stem up, your perennial ryegrass are going to have a purple bush. So any field you're walking across thinking it might be your seeds, if you're picking up random bits of grass as you go along and looking for the purple bush, if you're getting plenty of purple bush, there's a good high concentration of perennial ryegrass in that, in that field or paddock, so it's probably okay. And we move on and see if you can find the one with a lower concentration of perennial ryegrass. Are there steps that can be taken to avoid reseeding? Or if grass is short, what's the best approach? The way reseeding works, Barry, it's the it's investment that pays back very well. So, like, it'll pay for itself in three years in the amount of extra grass you're going to grow versus the cost. And you'll get 10 years out of that three-year investment. So I'd always kind of encourage people not to avoid it if at all possible. So currently at the moment... With the way grass is going for farmers, they're probably having a toss-up between do they take out paddocks and bale them or do they take out a bit and recede them. I think the receding one is probably a better option for them there. And even like that, if people are struggling a small bit to kind of take out the grass, maybe increase in ration in the parlour, maybe sometimes already buffer feed, maybe increase the buffer feeding or even smaller things like strip grazing in larger paddocks, using a back fence to stop the regrowth being picked. There's numerous things that a farmer can do. So I would be very slow to advise the men against receding. Uh, I think it's a great investment to pay us back, so try and get the feed into the cows in another way rather than avoiding the receding. John Vallance, Dairy Gold, East Cork Area Sales Manager, and we'll have more on this topic in our Wednesday night programme. St Aloysius College Carrick Tool were announced as the overall winners of the 2021 Certified Irish Angus Schools Competition. The initiative has become Ireland's leading agri-competition for secondary school students and this year's winning group were Emily O'Donovan, Kelsey Harrigan, Helen Savage, Leah Buckley and Rachel O'Gorman, all of whom come from non-farming backgrounds. The national final, which usually takes place each year at a prestigious awards ceremony in Croke Park, was broadcast live at a private online event. Agriland reports the winning group had explored the topic, communicating with the consumer and producer throughout the course of their 18-month project. In an effort to educate consumers on the beef process, they created an app called Angus Adventures, which is available to download from Google Play. The successful app focused on the daily tasks of a farmer to inform consumers of the hard work that is required to produce certified Irish Angus beef from farm to plate. Students developed a fun game, allowing app users to rear an Angus animal that needed to be fed, dosed, watered and washed, as well as providing interesting facts and information about the Angus breed and the school's competition. You can read more about the winning entry and the competition online with Agriland. Now for our weekly update on Mokra events in Cork. We're joined this week by Patrick McGrath. On Tuesday the 25th of May, Shandoon Mokra will be holding a talk presented by Pat Cashman from Gold Crop, organised by our YFDG officer Kevin Smitty. It will be a highly informative talk for anyone in the farming sector, so make sure to send us a message if you are interested in attending on the Shandoon Mokra Facebook page. It will start at 830 and all are welcome to attend. Congratulations from all in Shandoon Makra 
to Mary O'Neill and Gillian Keneally who are representing their clubs in the national finals of the national quiz. We wish them the very best of luck. Saturday was a busy day for Shandoon as our three officers, Ashling, Seamus and Connor, attended the National Mockra AGM. As we said goodbye to former Mockra and former president, Thomas Duffy, who handed over the role to incoming president, John Keane, and Munster vice president, Sean Wallace, who also handed over his role to incoming vice president, Elaine Hulhan. We would like to say a huge thank you on behalf of Shandoon Mockra to both Thomas and Sean, who have done great work during their terms. We wish them well and we are looking forward to working with the new presidential team over the next two years. A huge congratulations must also go to our own NCR, Connor Murphy, who was elected to the role of Vice Chair of the Competitions Committee on the day also. No doubt Connor will do a great job. Make sure to keep an eye on our social media pages, which we update regularly and if you are interested in attending any of our events or in joining your local Makra club, be sure to send Shandoon Makra a message on Facebook and we'll put you in touch. Thanks to Patrick McGrath with her Makra update this week. There's been an update on the PG application for Irish grass-fed beef, PGI protected geographical indication branding. After an extensive consultation process with stakeholders, a PGI application for Irish grass-fed beef by Board Beer on behalf of producers in Ireland was submitted to the European Commission last November. The European Commission has now responded to this application with detailed technical queries which are being examined. At the time, the PG application was sent to the European Commission. Minister McConnell wrote to uh, Commissioner Wojciechowski informing him that Ireland would support the PGI being extended on an all-island basis. That's when a grass-fed verification process system would be in place in Northern Ireland. When the queries received now have been addressed to the Commission's satisfaction, the Minister points out the next stage of the process will be publication of an EU opposition procedure, that is to say, a consultation process for interested parties from other European Union member states or third countries to enter. Minister McConnell has acknowledged that in its response, the Commission has helpfully indicated it would be possible for Northern Ireland to make a submission as part of the opposition procedure, requesting that the geographical area of PGI be extended to the whole island of Ireland. The Commission has indicated that the process should be reviewed as a non-conflictual amicable procedure. Minister McConnell says he's pleased the European Commission has also indicated it would be available to participate in any appropriate dialogue to assist the process. Minister McConnell pointed out that his department and Board Beer had been in ongoing dialogue with their Northern Ireland counterparts on these issues since last summer. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. And thanks to John for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahony. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer. Offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.